Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. What's up, kids? CB here, another Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, episode 230, brought to you by our friends from Vicious Fishing, reminding you to get out there, go fishing, and get vicious. Make sure you tag us, hashtag Angler's Channel, hashtag get vicious in your fishing post. We'd love to see those catches. Great, great show for you guys tonight. The, capital T-H-E, not the, but the, Jason Christie, your classic champ, your Chickamauga champ, coming up on the program. Going to talk a little bit about the classic, about his time on the road this year, the highs, the lows, and everything else in between. And our buddy Hobie BOS Ufala champ, Bailey Eigbert, is going to join us. He's a good friend of the program. He's going to join us, talk about his win on Ufala this weekend. And this kid's from Buffalo, New York, comes all the way down to Ufala to take their money. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks, to our Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Ranger Boats, of course, powered by Mercury Marine. I'm Chris Brown. <clears throat> Brown, excuse me. I'm Chris Brown, uh, along with our buddy, Mr. David Jong. And David, we're not going to waste any time tonight, right? We don't have time to waste. We've got a special guest on the phone right now. And we just need to go ahead and start talking to him because he's got things to do. We're excited to have him on the show. Your 2022 Classic Champ, your Elite Series Chickamauga Champ, hashtag unfinished business, still coming along here. The one and only, the, capital T-H-E, the, not the, the, Jason Christie. Buddy, welcome to the show. How the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So obviously, uh, 2022 has been a really good year for you so far. Um, you know, it's been, um, on one side of it, it's been great. And on the <laughs> other side, not so much. I think we have fished, uh, five tournaments now, I think. And, you know, two of them have been great and, and the other three, three, not so much. So, but I will take this, you know, I will take that pattern for the rest of my career because you can make a lot of money, you know, winning one or two tournaments. So I know it's not going to last. That's why I'm joking about it. But, uh, yeah, we've kind of been on the roller coaster this year, but we've, we've gotten pretty high a couple of times sure. uh, on that coaster. Well, you know, when you came back in last year, you know, uh, Express and everybody had the unfinished business commercials out. And, you know, we all saw it and thought, man, that's – that's a pretty daggum good marketing plan there. I like the way this looks and the way it sounds. And um, you go off and you win Sabine, I believe, right? And um, but you have a, you know, you come out of the gate and, and swing last year, qualify for the classic. And um, I know it was talked about a little bit beforehand, uh, but going into the classic, I mean, how much was there any pressure at all on you coming back? You know, being in the classic first time since Knoxville, I guess. And I mean, any pressure to, to perform well? I know you've you done well here in 18 and uh, at Hartwell. Yeah. And so, I mean, any pressure from anybody or yourself come into that event? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think there was a lot of pressure and a lot of it was put on myself because I know that, you know, coming back to the Elite Series, the first class, that going back to Hartwell where I've won twice, I think, and had several top tens. Um, you know, a lot of people, they had, a, they had high expectations. And, and uh, you know, I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be competitive. You know, you never know. You can't say, well, I'm going to go into this tournament and try to win. Uh, you just want to be competitive, and hopefully hopefully it worked out. But there was a lot of pressure before the event started. Uh, but after that, really, I mean, like during the event, um, it was just, you know, it was like I was a different person during the event. I mean, I wasn't – I was calm, cool, collected, and, and uh, I think that may be somewhat experienced. Some of it may just be where – you know, a lot of the people close to me, you know, they're not nagging on you to, uh, you know, to win. And, and a lot of people that surround me, they understand bass fishing. You can be the best bass fisherman in the tournament and and not win. I mean, it's just that's how bass fishing sure. is. Uh, over the course of several years, if you're the best bass fisherman, then, yeah, you're going to win some events. But. Uh, it's just hard, you know, to get it all lined up. The stars have to line up for you to win an Elite Series event. To win the Classic, the stars, the moon, the galaxy, everything has to line up. And that just doesn't come around very often. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, I mean, 10th place after day one. I actually followed you and and, uh, and shot some photos of you day one. Um, was You guys had what? you know, what, three days of practice and then, or two days of practice. And then, you know, obviously classic week is crazy. A lot of things change in the course of that week, right around on Wednesday. Um, what changed from Wednesday to Friday for you in day one? Anything? Um, really not much. I mean, after, after the weekend was over, which is kind of the pre-practice period, I was pretty much dead set on what I was going to do. Um, you know, I, it wasn't that it was great, but I just, um, I had fished there enough, you know, that I felt comfortable doing that. And what I was doing, you know, was starting to even then running docks the rest of the day. I could fish, you know, different parts of the lake. I could fish, uh, I could just re really do whatever I wanted to. And it just, uh, on Wednesday, the practice day, I actually um, went up and fished, you know, around in some, up the river where I used to, where I fished like the 18 classic, knowing that I wasn't going to fish there. But, you know, the good thing about that is I ruled it out. Right. Um, that was one thing about Hartwell this year. It was pretty consistent. Um, you know, the weather was all the way through the event. Actually, the first day of practice was the best weight day that I had. You know, I, they were biting because it was still cold. And then it started just that gradual warm up. And then, you know, you got fish moving, you got fish thinking about spawn. And not, I mean, they weren't next day going to spawn, but right. they start getting that on their mind and stuff, and, and they just don't bite as good. But, uh, yeah, it, really, it was just a consistent weather pattern, and the water was good. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a good tournament for, I mean, spectators and everybody to be on the water. Sure, sure, absolutely. So 10th place after day one. And then um, with seventeen one day two, uh, nineteen six puts you in a quote unquote tie 
for first place. And I know we all said it in the media room and a lot of other folks were thinking about it. And you said, I don't want to be leading this thing after day two, because you've been there and done that. Right. So really though, in your mind and, you know, how were you feeling after day two going into day three, knowing you're tied for the lead basically? I was, I mean, I felt good. I mean, I wasn't leading by myself so that, you know, there wasn't like, you know, that cushion there where you felt like, oh, you know, I just got to catch them tomorrow. And if everybody else has a bad day, then I'm, you know, I'm going to win. You know, Kyle was catching them and everybody else around him uh, was catching some. But I still knew the potential of Hartwell um, to throw out a big bag. Um, You know, I was really shocked that the first two days somebody didn't catch like a 22, 23, even a 24-pound bag. But uh, yeah, after the second day, um, I was actually really excited to go fishing that third day because I thought that I had really figured out the, uh, my deep spot, you know, where these fish were living and stuff. Uh, you know, the second day when I had a, uh, well, I jumped up to 19, you know, I caught the same amount of fish really on the docks. They were all just bigger that day. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, it was the same plan, confident. And then, you know, we get out there the third day or I do and, and, uh, pull into the deep spot, catch the big one right off the bat. And I'm like, I'm getting ready to show these boys something, you know, and, and literally that was it in my deep spot. And, and, uh, that, that's kind of when, you know, the train kind of derailed for a little while. Not really. I mean, I didn't do anything crazy. I just, I just couldn't catch one. And, and uh, to kind of get everything rolling. But, you know, the good thing about it was I knew that the closer we got to check in, the better my pattern was. So I just had to stay confident and know that um, and, and hope and know that it was going to happen. Obviously, being in this position before and uh, not bringing up much of the past, but being your eighth classic and being so close, were you able to kind of stay calm so to speak and just try to kind of grind it out or i mean you, you said yeah. the, the wheels weren't coming off but it kind of halfway derailed i mean how do you keep yourself from really just you know going crazy and, and really going off the tracks yeah well i've been in the worst situation that you could possibly be in i mean going into the third day you know i've had two big leads uh you know and then the second classic i don't even catch a limit on the, if I, you know, I, I come in with four. If I catch five, I win. Right. Uh, so I'm not scared of anything. I've done that. I've felt that, uh, you know, the sun still came up the next day and that's kind of how I was on the last day of the classic. You know, I knew what I needed to do to have a chance to win. And that was to grind on those docks the rest of the day and just hope for, you know, those four or five good bites. And I ended up getting them. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think experience in that event helped a lot. And I think, you know, it, at the time, you know, I lose in 13, I lose in 18, uh, it wasn't 13, whatever years they were, you know, <laughs> you're like, why does it happen to me? Why does it happen to me? And then after winning the classic, the way that I did, you know, come back to the elite series and, and it being tight right up till the end. So it's just a perfect story. I mean, it's just everything was meant to be. I was supposed to lose in 18 because it made this classic, uh, you know, so much better. And, and, 
you know, I was, I think I was more mentally prepared for this event than I was 18. Sure. Sure. Does, uh, does, does this classic win count your race those close calls in the past? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think about it much anymore. I mean, I got mine, you know, it took the pressure off. Uh, yeah, there were some close calls, um, a couple of close calls, but you know, it's funny how that's all everybody wanted to talk about before I won. And then now it's, I don't think I've heard it, you know, other than a few <laughs> interviews where they, you know, relate back to it. So, sure. uh, and I'm glad, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't think about it. So, uh, well, I mean, well, that had yeah. to have been, that, that had to have been, you know, coming back even, even before, you know, you left and then came back, it had to have been, you know, kind of a sore subject. And I can imagine media day for you was always just kind of an, an eye roll. Like who, you know, it's probably a drinking game. How many times is somebody going to bring this up? you know, yeah. before this event, yeah. I imagine. So. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, you get tired of hearing it. But, uh, like I said, those, I think me losing the way I did kind of, you know, it, people related to that. I mean, I got a lot of, my following kind of grew during those times because um, I think, I mean, looking from the outside in, I think I handled it pretty well. I mean, sure. uh and I think people, you know, I think they respected that. And I think that's why so many people were excited that I won on Sunday, you know, in the arena, um, you know, the the staff and, and oh, just yeah. everybody seemed like they were, um, you know, they were glad that I won, I think, because they were scared what, what might happen if I lost it. <laughs> but now everybody was glad and, uh, and there wasn't anybody more glad than me, though. Oh, I can guarantee that. I can guarantee that. So win the classic and then uh, get back on the elite series train. I know when I talked to you a few weeks ago, you were what 61 days on the road without being home. Yeah. That's the longest by far I've ever been gone. And, and I'm a homebody by nature. So it's, uh, you know, it's not fun. And I think the longest I've been gone, maybe three weeks or something like that before that. And it just, the way the schedule's lined out, you know, we had some weather mixed in there between mm -hmm. events where we didn't feel comfortable coming home. Uh, yeah, it was a long road trip. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we won't talk about, you know, the, the late season up until Chickamauga, but what, uh, what flipped at Chickamauga for you? What, what got you back on, you know, that, on that train there on that track? Yeah, it was just a weird event. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I practiced where I thought that I would end up fishing, uh, you know, and, it, and I caught some, you know, in practice, caught some nice ones, four or five pounders. And I was like, well, you know, if, if I get a big bite, an eight or nine pounder, and I'll have a chance to, you know, I'll have a chance to compete no time during the event. Um, until the third day, until after the third day that I even think that I had a remote chance of winning that event. I mean, I thought it was going to be one of those good comeback tournaments, you know, top five, top seven. And then I think what helped me was that weather. I mean, if those big fish get up there and start spawning the stuff, uh, you know, I think those guys in that lower end probably end up winning. But I think when that weather came in, just the way I was fishing, um, I think it, I think it helped a lot. And, and, uh, you know, it's just really one of those events afterwards. I mean, you're standing there after the event with the trophy in your hand. You're just like, really? That really <laughs> happened? I mean, like, 
I wasn't supposed to win this event, but you know, that happens a lot. I mean, the Sabine last year, I kind of felt pretty good about it just because of the area that I had. Um, but other events, you know, like the Dardanelle event, the Bull Shoals event, right? You just, it just kind of, you're like, it's like that after the event. You know, you find something in practice, you, uh, you learn something, you kind of run with it. And at the end of the event, you're like, dang, I end up winning. So, uh, and that happens, um, more. Then whenever, you know, like at Santee, whenever I did terrible, I thought I was going to catch them pretty good. Right. And uh, I just didn't. But, yeah, this that Chickamauga, it was one that just kind of developed during the event. And I still ne- never really caught any big ones. Um, you know, just I think steady was the key word. You know, a lot of guys would catch 21, 22, and then catch 14 the next day. I think just steady Eddie for that event is what let me uh, come out with the trophy. Yeah. 16 day one, 20, almost 21 day two, and then almost 21 again, day three, and then 15 on day 15, 15, 12 on day four, 73, seven for the win. And the weather, I mean, weather for you guys, I guess Hartwell was, was somewhat stable in terms of for three days, but I mean, weather hadn't really been the greatest for you guys this year. Has it? No, we've had, I mean, the wind is good. other than the last day at Chick. The wind, it just seems like every day the wind's howling. We've had front. Um, we've had some rain. I mean, I fished the second or third day at Chick for spawners with it blowing snow. So Gosh. it's just kind of been, it's just kind of been one of those years where, you know, the, we just haven't hit any of the lakes dead on. I mean, Hartwell was probably as good as any of them. The weights weren't high, but everybody seemed like caught you know, 14 to 17 pounds, uh, which is pretty good for that lake. But, you know, we kind of missed the Florida event. Uh, Santee, right. I would say they, they hit it dead on. You know, the guys that, that caught him, that was kind of, you were either around them or you weren't. But uh, we've just been off a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to hit Lake Fork pretty solid with, uh, I think you'll see some really big stringers there. But, uh, yeah, we've had a crazy weather this year in the Elite Series. How does um how does Fork set up for for you in May? Dude, I come off two out of three uh, two wins out of three tournaments. Like I'm gonna go out there and float around and throw my bug over here by this stump, <laughs> and I might wind a deep plug around. Like there's no pressure on me, and I that's what I like. Uh, you know, I think it's gonna be. I like fishing deep. I've done, I've had a lot of success at Fork fishing deep. I just don't know if they're gonna be out there really good yet. I think it's gonna be one of those events kind of like the last year where you're gonna see a few guys fishing deep, you're gonna see some guys sight fishing, you're gonna see some guys fishing shad spawn. Uh I, I think it's gonna be wide open as to what a guy can do there. Okay. So how do you attack practice in a tournament like that? I mean what are you looking for? A little bit of everything or yeah and, and then just yeah. kind of go with your gut day one and see what yeah. happens or yeah, you just, I mean, like, you know, first day of practice, I'll probably try to find a shad spawn. And then, you know, you either rule that out or run with it and, you know, fish a little bit deep and then just really try to figure out what's going to work best for me during the tournament, what gives me the best chance to win. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and then Pickwick in June, that could be another uh, interesting event as well. Yeah, that's going to be one of those typical Tennessee River where, you know, a lot of guys out there 
idling around looking for school, fishing deep. And uh, there'll be some fish caught there shallow as well. You know, there's still some grass there, but um, that'll be one where it's not going to be like the Sabine where I'm going to go all week and not see anybody. You're going to see some boats fishing around that event. I was going to ask you because Sabine, you how long was that run on Sabine last year? Hour and a half. <laughs> and how much gas yeah. did you have left when you got back? Uh, five tenths of a gallon the first day. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, a, it was, it wasn't that far. It was only like 70 miles, but it was at 35 mile an hour. So that's what made it, uh, so far there and back. But, uh, I knew, you know, the good thing about that, event, I knew when I got there that I was fishing in the best area on the system. So it was just, you know, you, you wanted to go faster, but you're like, oh, I got to just, you know, I got to save gas. But I knew when I got there and put the trolling motor down that I wasn't picking it up until I was leaving. So, right. Right. That's gotta be, that's gotta be tough not to want to mash that pedal a little bit harder, especially, oh, yeah. on, day, yeah, you, especially on day four. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, maybe day four, you're really watching it a little more than what you were uh, the other two days. So, been uh, following you along on social media, you've been doing a lot of kind of fun fishing here lately. You mentioned off air, you, you, you've been filming some as well, but seems like you're doing a lot more fun fishing. Are you fishing a little more free right now than what you have been? I think it is. I think it's just fun. Uh, you know, we're, we've started the YouTube thing and, and, uh, I think it's just fun right now. Um, you know, I'm busy, so I don't go every day. Um, but when I do go, you know, like I'll have to work three or four days on one thing or another. When I do go, it's like, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, I mean, everything's just going good right now with sponsors and, and everything and even before the classic win i mean just everything's kind of starting to fall in place uh career-wise and i mean it's just it's just about going fishing now and catching some well this is what your ninth season on tour eight season on tour yeah well this is this is my i think ninth on the elite series okay. I, I think this is a 15th year 14th year okay all right all right so how long how long do you see yourself doing this um, I'll do it until, oh, you know, like I feel like I'll know. I'm not going to be one of those guys that fish on 70. I'll know. And, and everybody else will know too. I mean, it's just, it's whenever you start seeing me pull back a little bit, like maybe I'm not doing as good. You'll know. I mean, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to try not to let that happen, but that might be five years. That might be 10 years. It might even it's not going to be 20 years. So. Right. 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 Well, we've, uh, you know, the last few years you've had a, 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 a new travel partner ride along with you, Miss Shanna Ramsey there. How's that been having her along with you on this ride? Yeah, she, I mean, you know, we make a pretty good team. She, she understands the business. Sure. Uh, she, you know, she helps me with the business side of things and, and social media and, and, uh, she doesn't like losing, so that helps me. You know, she if I don't have a good day, I she doesn't say anything, but you know, I know you that. Know. But right, yeah, we. I mean, we just we get along good, and and uh, not to mention she makes some pretty good supper. So well, uh, hey. yeah, can't, can't beat that. So right, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's good. So things are going good right now. That's why I was saying everything. Everything on the outside and on the inside of the business is going good. So it's it's easy just to go fishing. I don't have to worry about thing or another. All I got to do is catch a bass. 
Are we going to see any? Um, are we going to see any new Jason Christie name baits coming out at ICAST or anything this year? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's about a be surprised uh, what comes out there. I know that we got some stuff coming down the pike. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes out for it. So, well, brother, thanks for your time tonight. Good luck uh, the rest of the season. And uh, I'd imagine we'll be talking to you again here pretty soon. So, I hope so. That means if I'm talking to everybody, I'm winning. That's so. it. <laughs> I hope to talk to you in about four weeks. So. All right. Well, we'll, we'll you go ahead and plan on it, but take care. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. See you. Well, David, sorry, you put your finger up there a little too late, and right. I apologize, but there he was, Mr. Jason Christie, your classic champ. Of course, that was, what, almost two months ago now, but almost uh, champ and uh, Chickamauga champ, so um, seems like things are going well for him. I, I didn't want to bring it up because, you know, Jason, I, I mean, you just don't want to, right? 50th place at St. John's, 34th at Palatka, <clears throat> 93rd at Santee. But of course, he wins chicks. That kind of erases it, right? You win the classic, you win chick. It kind of erases kind of things. 37th in points right now. So still got a little ways to go. But there's a lot of fishing left on this uh, on this late series season so far. Yeah, but, you know, it's like you can just tell he, winning that classic, it's like something got lifted off of him, you know, like he's – Sure. Like, yeah, so like – and then obviously winning chick, that's just another cherry on the top there. So I guess those bad events, I guess – in two checks in 2022 alone and then adding that pick uh that sabine win he's doing pretty good dude he's got he, he made four hundred thousand in the last <laughs> 60 days so you know he talked about being gone for 61 days well dude you made yeah. 400 grand in 61 days right and if miss shannon's cooking you a good dinner then I, i'd imagine you're winning right there <laughs> if, it's, if it's me that's my that's my thought anyway you're winning right so yeah. take a quick little break we come back our buddy bailey I, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I, I don't. Bailey Eggbright. I mean, I'm going to ask him. I got to find out, right? Because I'm going to screw it up one way or another. I didn't even record the intro yet because I'm scared, to, I'm scared to mess it up. But anyway, <laughs> your a recent uh, Hobie kayak winner is going to join us. Good friend of ours. And, uh, well, I mean, yeah, he's going to join us. We're going to talk about kayaking, talk about Ufala, and uh, a little bit more right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit 
visit RelyOnBattery.com slash Angler's Channel and use our special promo code Angler's Channel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So, hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging is here. Find out more. Dualpro.com. David, excited to welcome in our buddy, our buddy who sends us all the goodies from (laughs) Gunpowder, right? Mr. (laughs) Bailey Eigbrett. Bailey, how the heck are you, buddy? Guys, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Are you? And, uh, are you yeah. really? I mean, you should be, but are you? I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a chance to, to breathe just yet, but uh, I can't say uh, I'm doing bad. I'm doing pretty good right now. Well, I'm scrolling through social last weekend, right? It's Easter Sunday. I'm scrolling through social in the afternoon after I take my nap, you know, and I at church and take my nap. And I'm feeling pretty good, and then I see. Did I do I see a post? From you with like your kayak strapped to the top of like a car, is that right? And you're and you're in a tent. Yeah, that's right. That's the uh, <laughs> I call it the Nissan Suite. I have uh, a Nissan Ultima that I I car top a Hobie Pro Angler 12 on top of, and uh, yeah, I get a lot of looks from it, but it gets the job done. Just need a point A to point B. Well, at four dollars a gallon, it really gets the job done. I can imagine. I, I I know you probably got a little bit of drag on it with the with the Hobie on top, but it can't be near what my Tundra does, right? Going down the road. Yeah, you. So you think? Uh, but I mean, man, was that? I'm looking at a truck right now. Um, because even with that kayak on top, I'm only getting like twenty four. Oh, I hate that. Than those trucks, but still. <laughs> Listen, you don't, a- Bailey. You don't buy a truck for gas mileage, son. I'm just going to be honest with you. You just don't do it, right? I don't see, (laughs) I don't, listen, in my Tundra, pulling a trailer or not, there is not a two or a four in any sequence in my gas mileage at all. It's, it usually starts with a zero (laughs) and and, and ends with like a nine, you know, (laughs) or maybe, maybe there's two ones in there sometimes going downhill in neutral, with a good tailwind, but you don't buy a truck for gas mileage, buddy. So if you can keep the Ultima working for you, especially if you're driving from Buffalo, New York to Ufala, Alabama, I would, I'd keep that thing going. So talk a little bit about Ufala, Alabama. What was it? Was that your first time there? Yeah, that was my very first time there. Uh, and it's obviously got a lot of history just 
from bass fishing in general and from a tournament standpoint. And, uh, you know, Hobie BOS, the, tra- the trail that I was fishing, they just had their, uh, their tournament champion, uh, the, you know, top 50 anglers qualified for. They had their championship there last year. Right. Um, so a lot of recent history, but, uh, down there it was, it was my first time and, and I was excited to get down there. I knew that the bite was going to be tough. I didn't realize how tough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was a fun weekend and, you know, big thanks to the, the town for helping, you know, Hobie and the anglers put it on. It was, you know, there's a lot of support and they always get excited to see, you know, tournaments come to town. So I, I, I personally had no complaints. I can't say that for a lot of the field. It was, it was a struggle for a lot of people. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it could have been worse. There's some big fish caught. Well, you know, the thing about Eufaula is the mayor is a big fisherman down there. And so if it's, a, if it, if it involves fishing, Mayor Tibbs, Jack Tibbs, he's going to be, he's going to be in the middle of it. Right. And he's going to make sure that you follow it, get to, to do down there. And it's uh it's got a lot of great history there and it, and it really is a great town and watching some of your, your social last week as well. Um, I see you met a native or two on the water down there. So. I did. Yeah. I actually, I have a, uh, a video I'm going to post here soon where I had my first experience with a, uh, Gator politely telling me to leave the area. Uh, is that the one that came off the bank? Ever... Oh, that was, that was completely different. I oh. have, uh, it was a completely different scenario where uh, I see this, you know, 10 plus foot gator that lifts its tail and its head out of water and lets loose this like guttural growl that I've never heard in my entire life. And I kind of took that as a cue to, Maybe leave that spot. Well, dude, let me ask you something. What's the pucker factor for you, a guy from New York? Because you don't see alligators much, I would imagine, in New York. But what's the pucker factor for you, especially the one that came off the bank? Because that thing made a splash that, I mean, if I'm in a 22-foot bass boat, I'm turning around. But you're like water level in this kayak. What's the pucker factor there for you? <laughs> the one that came off the bank, it was it was on 100. I had a... I needed a new change of shorts after that one. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up to uh, the ramp my first time ever, you know, putting me in on Lazy Paula, and there's two decent sized gators just chilling on the ramp that just slowly slink their way back in where I'm supposed to launch. And I, I waited about a good 30 minutes to see them not pop back up to, to launch. <laughs> it was a little bit uneasy, but I got, I got comfortable pretty quick when I realized that they kind of swam away from me, at least most of them. Right. Uh, but there's a, I don't know if you guys seen it, but uh, Christine Fisher on Instagram shared a video of herself getting chased out of an area from a giant one that uh, did not want her around. Well, you know, it's that time of year, you know, as, as some folks around here, you know, call it sexy time for the bass. I would imagine the gators probably aren't far off from that. And um, they don't like us bass fishermen at all. So I can imagine you guys pounding around, sinking around. I mean, they take one one look at me. They'd be like, "Well, there's you know lunch for a year, uh, and, you know, with me." But I can't. I, I just I don't know, dude. I, I've been in a couple of those spots. I've been in the Witch's Ditch and a few other places in a bass boat and seen two, three, four, five of those suckers. I'm like, you know, I'm good. I'm really good. I I, I like my legs. I like my arms. I like all my fingers. I want to keep them all intact. And, um, but I just can't imagine, you know, especially the one that came off the bank there at you, um, that one, when I saw that splash, I'm like, nope, I'm out, I- I'm done. Yeah. So I-, I can't imagine <laughs> about that. So, 
yeah, it was definitely an interesting week learning and some different stuff about the Gators. And uh, there were some guys that are from the area that, you know, told me basically what that uh, that Gator Brown at, at me meant. And neither outcome was one I wanted to stick around to find out about. So it was uh, a good thing I left the area, basically what they yeah. got it. There you go. Well, you know, those of us with bass boats and, and, you know, and, um, you know, or utilizing, you know, motors and all that to fish, when we go practice, we can, you know, pretty much go from one end to the other pretty fast, but in a kayak, it's a little different. So how do you strategize and plan your week? I mean, you just, you know, you know, just chunk out sections of the lake and say, I'm going to go from here to here today. Or how do you, how do you end up strategizing and laying out your practice plan in practice? Yeah, so for me, it's, you know, it, it, you can kind of get this answer from a lot of German language, but it really starts before I even, you know, leave town, before I leave home uh, with the computer, whether it's Google Earth, it's YouTube, it's, you know, doing a bunch of different research. Um, and one tool I've been using uh, is uh, it's actually one that people kind of overlook that's still not getting popular yet, but it's called the uh, AMIA Fishing Report. It's yeah. kind of a deal that they have for folks in the area that can kind of lead you on the right path to what, what, what might be going down mm-hmm. at that time. But uh, it's a lot of you know work on the computer for me to kind of look at history. You know, a big tool is that Google Earth history tab, you know, seeing what the things might look like. And that actually became really clutch for me finding my winning, winning area, which I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, but for me, for that one, it's a, I, I try not to have preconceived notions, but it's pretty hard to, especially when you're, you know, like for me, from New York, not having any experience in the lake and, and getting down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone down with the, the idea that you know, these fish would be coming off the bed and I was going to, I was going to target, you know, the major spawning areas on the lake and just graph where the, you know, the most nearby brush piles. That's going to be the first place they're going to stop before they head deep for the full blown post spawn. Um, and when I got there, it was high 50 to low 60 degree water temps. And within probably 30 minutes, I, I dumped a you know, seven plus pounder on a frog and I knew I'm probably going to be living shallow for the week. Right. Um, but a lot of it changed when we, that night when we had massive thunderstorms and it muddied up the entire lake, um, to the point where I think I caught two bass in like two and a half days of practice. Um, it was, it was really tough. Couldn't find a fish anywhere. And it was to the point where I was running different creeks that looked good, but they were so muddy that, you know, you put your black and blue jig in the water and you can't see, you know, the trailer, but you can see the head that's sticking out of the air. Like it's that dirty, you know, less than an inch of his. Uh, so what I did is instead of trying to run those and, you know, keep launching, reloading, you know, it is a process to put that whole behind the Nissan Altima. Uh, <laughs> so what I did was just put miles in the car instead and really just drove around the entire lake running launches and using Google Maps to find bridges and such that were going over the really the backs of these creeks right. to see if any of them could have any clear water. Um, and really didn't find any clear water that I could, you know, that I could find. I think that was the key was just trying to find that water color that was, that was right. And that leads me back to, Google Earth, I had used that history tab, and I think it was like 2015 or 16. You look back, and I looked way up river because I thought at least if I'm going to find dirty water, I want to have dirty moving water, some current to get fish a little bit more active. And uh, I found that up river, there's a basically these shoots off where the, the the river opens up a little bit. That in the back, 
it looked like the water was clear, like this, like a clear tannic Florida water. Right. And uh, I was like, well, I might as well try it because none of this stuff on the main lake working for me. So I drove up, I launched, and it was probably about a two mile or so pedal from the nearest launch. And uh, it, you know, it's mud at the beginning, but once I got all the way to the back, it opened up to this beautiful, clear Florida water. Uh, and uh, my first cast, you know, there's heights and mats everywhere. My first cast on a heights and mat caught a five pounder and still uh, one other one with it. So, so it's the best thing I got. So I didn't even bother fishing through it because with how tough bites were. So I left and I was like, well, this is my game plan. I'm coming back here. And that was the day before tournament day. So I think it was a watercolor thing, really. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So day one, <clears throat> you, uh, you go to that area, I assume? Yeah, day one, uh, I started ways ahead of it because uh, uh, I, I had found that area actually in the afternoon, but uh, the banks leading up to it had some different hay grass and sawgrass on it. Uh, but they had really hard bottoms and there's a really big shad spawn going on. And I quickly learned that there was too much shad because uh, one, you couldn't even get your bait through them without snagging one, let alone get it in front of a bass with how much shad that there were. Um, and leading after that, it was about an hour in, I decided to head over to those highs from that uh, and put together, you know, basically what I had almost for the entirety of the day, like the 86 inches in probably 45 to minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so my bite was done and I had my limit by 10 a.m. And I made basically a half to almost a full rotation in that area and checked my standings on day one and I was leading it. So I decided to leave because I knew the bite was going to be tough. So I left it not wanting to catch more fish than needed and leave that area alone and went to go fish new water for the rest of the day. And uh, throughout the day, just kept monitoring the standings to make sure I was in contention. You know, if I had to go back and catch another one, then I would, but I didn't want to catch any more than I needed to, which definitely I think helped me and was clutch for, for day two. So a 19 and a quarter inch bass, what does, um, what is that way? So for down there, like the, the post spawners, especially like a 19 inch was probably around four pounds. Okay. All right. So day one, you had a 19 and a quarter, 18 and a half, 16 and a half, a 16 and a half, and a 15 and a half for 86 and a quarter total for day one. Yep. And you were what, two, two and three quarter inches off the lead at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, yeah, about two and three quarters. The leader who actually was in the, the same shoot as me um, had 89 from the dock. And yeah, so I, was, I think I was tied for second. Technically, I was in third because I lost the tiebreaker. And tiebreaker goes to whoever has the biggest fish in their bag. Oh, I got you. So technically third, but five percent. Sure. Yeah. Nick Dyer had a, a 21 and three quarters. So now did you see a lot of guys? Were a lot of guys in your area or just uh just the one? No, there so there was a total of three guys in that one arm. The one guy uh did not have a gun. He got two fish on day one. And uh, the other, the only other guy in my area that was as far back as I was, was actually the day one leader. Um, and yeah, we were the only ones we saw. We only saw each other on day two. Okay. All right. So day two, same game plan? Yeah, day two, I completely, you know, disregarded, you know, starting early, went straight to those highest in that. And the, uh, the leader that day, him and I basically started across from each other on the banks. And he was fishing mostly lay down. He wasn't really fishing the highest. Uh, and quickly went to work. I caught like 
granted they were, you know, maybe a pound and a half or to put it in perspective for folks, but caught three 13 inches right off the bat, which if people saw the standings, a limit went a very long way in this tournament. I sure. think there was maybe 30 limits out of 176 anglers on day one. Wow. Uh, so I knew that if I could just throw a limit that I would keep a top 10 spot. Uh, so I caught 13 or three 13 inches within probably the first 10 minutes. And then uh, pretty quickly called uh, or caught a 18 incher. It was about probably a three and a half pounder. Um, so I had four fish then, and I caught another 15 and a half, and that filled the limit. So I knew that I would have a top 10 at the very least. And going into day two, you know, looking at the, the guys in the top 10, almost everyone in the top 10 on day one had a 20 plus inch fish. I did not, I just had a consistent bag. And I knew if I had a bite show up that was 20 plus that I might have a shot at winning the thing. And once I, and that was going through my head. Once I saw a limit, I was like, man, if I could just get a 20 inch, I might actually have a shot to win this thing. <laughs> and it was probably five minutes later. I hooked into a six and a half pounder that went 21 and three quarter inches. And that's when I kind of had that. I didn't say it out loud, but I had that feeling in, in my head that I was like, I have a shot at this. If I can keep calling Right. I didn't think I had it at the time, but I was like, I'm giving myself a real chance to, to win this thing with that fish. Now, but do the standings like on on the final day? Are you able to see the standings throughout the day as well? Yeah, so you can see them all the way up to an hour. Um, they shut it off an hour before the end of the day, but okay. on Sundays I don't ever check the standings because. Day one, I want to check it to make sure I'm putting myself in contention, but not beating up too many fish, especially for the you know the stage these fish were in. Right. Uh, but day two, I do not check it just from a mental standpoint. Where if I'm winning, it'll go to my head. But if I'm if I'm losing, it'll go to my head even worse. Uh, so it's more of one thing. I just don't want to check it whatsoever and let the cards fall where they do. That way, I'm just fishing mentally free for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do have them online and, and my phone was blowing up the entire day because unbeknownst to me, I wasn't checking in. I was leading by a hefty margin for the majority of the day. When they turned off, I was leading by seven inches. Um, and I, it was just one of those things where for me mentally, I can't look at that, you know, on a final day and it, it would mess with my head. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm kind of, I'm bouncing through some of the photos here on, on the Hovey BOS site. And, um, you know, some good looking stuff of you here, uh, fishing, but then every now and again, there's these alligator pictures. And I know we talked about this two minutes ago, but dude, you're in a 12 footer. That that's a big damn alligator swimming around you. Yeah. Yeah. There was a few pretty dang big ones. Uh, one that I was, uh, certain was longer than my kayak was, um, but they never say no mind to me, uh, until that last hour when that big one growled. And uh, my bite turned off, and I was done catching fish when the camera boat came around around 10 o'clock. Uh, and if I wasn't too worried about it, I was going to, you can have this area. If I don't, if I don't win, at least I didn't get eaten by a gator. You know uh, why? But, you know uh, why the bite turned off? Because they ate everything in the water. That's why. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I made sure to tease the uh, the camera boat guys because uh, I mean I, I had a feeling like something uh, good was happening when I got the, the phone call from him to ask me for a you know, pin in my location, Ooh. which that was a, a story in itself because uh, my phone was blowing up as it was, but uh, I, I put my phone in my storage hat so that I could ignore it easier. 
But I was getting phone call after phone call, and I was like, who, who, who would my, what are my buddies in the right mind would be calling me right now? Right, right. And so I kept ignoring it until I, uh, I ended up checking one of them, and it was a voicemail from, from Steve, the camera guy, asking to uh, get a pin of my location for photos. I felt bad I was ignoring the phone calls. He's so, like, I'm just trying to make you famous, do dude. You know, answer your phone. I'm just trying to make you famous. That's all I want to do. So, <laughs> that's right, yeah. That's funny. Now, do you incorporate electronics on your on your kayak? Yeah, so I am heavy, heavy into electronics, especially being from Buffalo, uh, being a smallmouth guy. I, I don't like to be on the bank. I, I mean, I enjoy catching them shallow, but I my passion is to catch them off the bank, as far away from the bank as possible, uh, and use my electronics to do so. And uh, for these two tournament days, electronics played a role in practice. Uh, but as for the tournament days themselves, I left my grass in the car. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it it played big for me in terms of that last day of practice when I found that area and I knew fish were there. Um, Lake Master showed that it was basically this shallow flat in the back. Uh, but what I did just out of curiosity is I had my auto chart ship with me. And for folks who don't know auto chart is, it's basically a custom map for you based on your sonar readings. Yeah. And I went through and, and I graphed and auto charted all of the highest of maps to see if there's any one that was deeper than the rest because I knew eventually that that storm flooding the lake and making it muddy, that water would eventually fall. And I wanted to make sure I found the deepest one if there was one, because that would be the most consistent over the days of falling water. And I was glad I did because the one that I found that was deeper was the most consistent on Sunday. And that's where I caught all my, my bags. So a 21 and three quarter and 18 and a quarter, 15 and three quarter, 15 and a half, and a 14 and a half for 172 total. Won it by what? Uh, I think it was four, four and four quarters. And a quarter. Yeah, four and a quarter. Yeah, four and a quarter on the win. And, um, dude, 10500 bucks. that ain't shabby for hanging out in the Ultima, sleeping in the tent, and, and, and paddling yourself around, you know, for a week. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, uh, it was officially, like, I think it was 10900 because we hopped into a, uh, there was a little local Alabama, uh, kayak trail that was doing a tournament in conjunction with Hobie on Saturday as a one bear. I was going to ask you uh, about I got that. Third in that one. Yeah. That? I was going to ask you, I, I swear I couldn't figure it out because I saw pictures of you holding up a check for third place. I'm like, wait a minute, my boy won 10, five in this deal. So what, how is that, what's going on here? So kind of a derby within a derby, huh? Yeah, it was just a, yeah, that was their one bear. And, uh, it was kind of funny because I was sitting there. I think it was like one thirty. I checked the standings and saw that uh, I was tied for second and that uh, the leader, Brady, had, uh, had caught a big one and moved up the first 89 inches. And I was like, dang it. Like, I thought I was going to win this little local deal, too, and get some, some change to go home. And I was half tempted to go back and call again until I'd win that one. But I didn't think it was worth it. I'd rather have the 10K over the, the 1K and uh, yeah. just uh, accepted a third-place finish. Got a nice four hundred bucks for gas money on the way home, but uh, yeah, for almost eleven grand out of a plastic boat for a weekend ain't too shabby. No, that's not shabby at all. I'll uh, I'll, I'll take it. And run. What did you learn? Uh, what did you learn camping that you do different next time? Uh, I think first and foremost, I need to do more research about the specific campground that I stay at because uh, I basically do not recommend the campground. I stay at for anyone that's uh, a tournament angler. Uh, being that they had a, uh, they gated it and like closed it off so that 
from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., you weren't allowed to leave the campsite, or at least drive off anyway. Oh, wow. So uh, practice days and tournament days, I had to leave my car at the boat ramp next to the campground and walk to and from my site <laughs> if I wanted to, I was free get on the water in time so uh but beyond that i mean i can't i've camped a lot um especially being from the north there's not too many critters trying to kill us so it's been very comfortable to camp in the north but i did pick a the brain of a few of my buddies in the south of like hey i've never camped that south what other extracurriculars do i need to account for you know sleeping in a tent down there uh but unfortunately you know didn't run into uh anything bad uh so it was pretty status quo camping for me and uh honestly it was uh i think it kind of added to the grind for the week and something i'm kind of more proud of than being comfortable in an airbnb kind of added more challenges to it that i had to overcome and i think in the long run uh makes it feel a lot more it feels a lot better the way i went about it well i can listen i've stayed in a lot of places in eufaula alabama and i love eufaula I really do love the lake, love the, love the town, love the people, but your tent was probably one of the nicest hotel rooms, quote unquote, in Eufaula. So I'd imagine you were, you were in a much better place than, 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 uh, than where you could have been. So but <laughs> just, just thinking, out, just saying out loud. So just saying that. So <laughs> go ahead, David. I was going to ask you Bailey about your, uh, so being in a Hobie, you've got the pedal drive system, but what's your opinion about, I mean, I'm not sure if you have one, but what's your opinion about, uh, was it electric, electric propulsion? Yeah. I, I mean, I know Hobie as a trail, they don't allow, uh, motors oh. in the kayaks, but, uh, right. I, I, I'm very fortunate to work with, uh, Morgan Marine up here in New York. They're out on Cuca Lake and Ryan and team have treated me really well the past couple of years. And I basically shot him a note one of the days of practice when it's 85 and I'm covering you know, a few miles of stretch of river against the current. And I'm like, dang, I need a motor on this thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're going to link one up here soon, but um, I'm all for it in terms of uh, just for how I fish and how much water I cover. And especially days where, you know, I'll leave the, uh, the rods at home and take the kayak out just to you know, get a lot of graphing done. It can make those days a lot easier. Um, but uh Really, I mean, the motor wasn't necessary, at least in this tournament. Uh, the 360 drive on that Hobie was the most clutch thing about it because I had to basically make sure my spinnerbait was flush with those heights in that to get bit. And the 360 drive, you know, with any other drive, it would have been really annoying to try to keep recentering myself along that mat. But the 360 drive, the way you can literally pedal in any direction, it was pretty clutch and making sure my cast angles were you know, perfect. And I wasn't wasting time trying to, you know, maneuver around the thing, but, uh, I'm, I'm all for motors. I have nothing against it. It definitely, uh, sucks when you're trying to race somebody to a spot and they got a motor and you don't. Um, but if, you know, if you got the tools, you can use them, but, um, I think they definitely have a place in the kayak game. It's okay. just to, uh, you know, to what extent I don't, will it go? I, I have no idea. <laughs> how, how far did you paddle? do you think over the course of the week? Oh gosh. Um, or pedal rather. Sorry. That is honestly a great question. I think it was one of the first weeks, um, you know, in terms of practice and stuff that I, I haven't actually like, I usually keep track of that. It's like, it's kind of like a rough guesstimate. Um, but I would say at least between 40 to 50 miles. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I'm not sure I'd drive that much 
in a week, KG, much less, uh, much less pedal that far. So what's next? What's coming up next for you? I mean, you won this one. So I, I know you've got, uh, you gotta be ready for the next one. What's the next one coming up for you? Yeah. So I have some local tournaments between the midst of it, but uh, the next big one for me is the next Hobie BOS on Lake Chickamauga. Oh, okay. All right. Chickamauga down here in June. I like it. You're not too far from us. So KG, that'd be, um, that'd be right up your alley. We should get you a kayak and let you go fish in, in, in this event. I sponsor you for that one. I'll, I'll do it. I know you will. I know you will. I'd pay money to see it too. I really would. I'd love to see you battle pedaling around in a, in, in a kayak. So, so how do you feel about Chickamauga? Valen? Yeah, I'm actually, you know, uh, Ron Champion, who got second in the tournament, made a great point about, you know, my biggest goal for this year personally, and um, I'm actually doing a whole YouTube series on it, on the my Be The Fish YouTube channel called Chasing Hardware, about making the tournament a champion. And um, basically, in order to qualify, for, it's only the top 50 qualify for it, and either you have the top three in an event or make the top 20 AOI, which it's hard one to top three in these events, because there's a lot of dang hammers in them. But also, it's even harder out of, you know, these tournaments that are 200 competitors to top 20 out of everybody that fishes them. Right. Uh, so to get that out of the way, you know, Ron made a point uh, in his speech that you know, now he can fish free because he's TLC qualified. And that was a really good point. And you know, now I can fish free. And I was thinking, you know, I can make more swings. But at the end of the day, now that I finally got a trophy uh, and I got that first place, I want AOI. So. I feel really good about Chickamauga because one in the back of my mind that, you know, if all else fails, I'm at least TLC qualified, but um, I'm excited to chase that, that AOI and Chickamauga is a place I've been to a few times. Uh, and it's honestly, I know people, you know, don't like it. Some people hate on it for the amount of pressure it gets and it does get a ridiculous amount of pressure. Uh, but it is still one of my favorite places I've been to in the world uh, from a fishery standpoint. So I'm, I'm excited to get up there. I feel pretty confident. I know it's going to be, I would love to go down and, and fish ledges that time of year, being that that's going to be prime time. But I also know Saturday and Sunday on Chickamauga from a ledge standpoint, it's probably a nightmare in the kayak. So <laughs> you better have a I'm big fly. To, Make sure everybody can see you. <laughs> that's all yeah, I can that's right. say. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, you know, my strategy, you know, <laughs> My 15-hour drive home from Ufala, I had some time where I was already thinking ahead about Chickamauga and where strategy-wise what I'd want to do. Um, and I'm thinking about going into it from a strategy standpoint of looking for good grass, finding a good shallow bite. Uh, and then from there, if I can find something good consistent, then go grass to see if there's anything nearby ledge-wise, just so I can kind of have a dual threat. But uh, either way, Chicken Lab has got a lot of stuff to offer, and I'm pretty excited to see. Because I've never been down there in June. I've always been down there, you know, that February, March, or fall standpoint. And I'm pretty excited to uh, get down there and hopefully catch some bass and have another good finish. Absolutely. Hopefully, you'll find a little better uh, campground to, to sleep in. So. Yeah, yeah. this time, we're, we're not going the campground route. Uh, um, my buddy Alex Rudd and I will be getting the Airbnb for the week and uh, doing a little practicing and uh, he's one and he's local there. So I, I'm rooting for him to, to get a win or at least a top three. So him and I can, can room together for the TOC. Um, but, uh, yeah, no campground around this time. We're, we're taking, 
we're taking the luxury route of, of an Airbnb. The, the luxury out of the Airbnb. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, dude, congratulations on the win. Very, very cool deal. Um, it's good to know somebody that's won one of these, David. I mean, you know, especially guy that supplies us with some, a few baits here and there. I, we, we appreciate that very much. And um, I know you're enjoying your job with gunpowder. Yeah, it is. Uh, I had a, a, a nice moment of reflection on my drive home where uh, I, you know, after each tournament, whether it's local or it's, you know, granted, I've, this is only my fourth national tournament from a kayak standpoint ever. Um, I, I, I like to take time either on my drive home or the day after to kind of like reflect from either what could I learn from it or just kind of just reflect in general, you know, what this, you know, what that means for, for me and like this one being the biggest milestone from a, a fishing standpoint. Um, it, it, it took a moment to just kind of realize how lucky I was because my biggest goal in my life was to just have a career in fishing. And the fact that I work at a place where I get to deal with some of the, some of the coolest and, and biggest names in fishing and do that from a, uh, you know, that's my full-time gig standpoint and also work for a company and, a te- and work with a team so cool that they let me travel the country and fish at the same time. Um, I am pretty dang fortunate. So it was kind of a moment of uh, kind of like an I made it deal where, you know, I might've made it even though I still, I had a lot more to prove and you know, a lot of work ahead. It was more of, I accomplished the goal and now it's just, uh, you know, what, what more can we accomplish? So uh, I'm pretty fortunate. It was a, uh, to have what I, to do what I do, it's pretty dang awesome. That's awesome. That That's very cool. I, we're all, I think a lot of us in this industry, whether we fish or not, um, those of us that work in this industry, we, we all feel the same way. So we're all on a zoom call here, Bailey and David, he just, I know, you know, David, you've met him at the classic and talked to him through emails. He just sits up there in the corner of his little room and he's watching the screen. And so rather than interject or you know, say, you know, Hey Bailey, how about, you know, he puts this finger up that says, I have a question. Well, the problem is, is he's so short because you've met him. He's so little, <laughs> the finger like barely comes on the screen. Like we heard it. We can barely see him because I'm getting old. I can't see very well anyway. So I, David has another question for you. I apologize. Well, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> well, my question was going to be something simple. It's going to be like when you came back uh, on Monday, did you have more congratulatory, congratulatory text messages or emails? From work waiting for you yeah i had a lot um they were first meeting back uh they did like a nice clap for me which uh i always i'm one of those guys where i'm weird with you know attention like that but i uh my boss jen she uh basically told me with this you know with this tournament win and everything i'm gonna have to learn to learn to deal with it because my phone was absolutely blowing up i uh Right after the awards on Sunday, I started my drive home and drove basically until midnight before I stopped. And uh, I had over 200 text messages, let alone looking at social media. And uh, it was it was pretty astounding to see the support that uh, support that I didn't even realize I had. So that was uh, that was extremely humbling. And something that was really cool was some of the messages I got from some of the big boater guys on the elites and the BPT. And uh, one, it was really cool just from a kayak fishing standpoint, something I'm super passionate about to see who's actually really paying attention to it. Sure. Uh, might not be public facing, but there's people that have their eyes on it that we don't realize. And it's really cool to see how far the, the sport's grown. But it was just a, it was a really humbling experience to see the support system that I didn't realize you know, the magnitude of. 
Yeah, that's very cool. You work for a great company and some great folks there. You got to watch out for that Ryan guy, though. He's he's a little <laughs> weird from time to time, but uh, but no, you do. You work for a great group there, and uh, some folks I've known for a really long time. And um, you know, there's not many places that'll let you take a week off to go to go go fish one of these events and and then congratulate you in the process or even know what the heck you're doing, right? So that's uh, that's a very cool deal. So. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty fortunate. Yeah, for sure. So, well, brother, thanks so much for your time tonight. Congratulations on the win, and um, hopefully, come you know mid June, we'll be we'll be having this conversation again. Yeah, I sure hope so. I, I love Chickamauga, and you know now that I got this one, it's uh, you know they they usually say some you know from a at least from a big boater standpoint, you know you hear all the the big names talk about. Usually, your first win comes in kind of like your home territory something you're you know, super confident in doing and it, it was kind of a complete opposite for me where you know i'm down south of the lake that i never know much about right and doing something shallow where i'm a deep guy for smallmouth and uh so i got that one out of the way i think it's time to start building up the, the resume in terms of places i can win but uh you know we got the first one out of the way first second or it's the uh the second hobie tournament i've ever fished so i have a lot more to prove this is just a kind of the beginning but i'm excited to uh Try to prove to folks it's not just a fluke and uh, see where the season takes me. Well, we we, we feel a cert, fairly certain it's not a fluke at all, buddy. We know you pretty well, and we're excited for you. So thanks for your time. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Bailey. See you, bud. Thanks. Well, guys, there he is, Bailey Eyebright, David, our buddy from Gunpowder, and your latest Hobie BOS champ, KG. I, I, I'd pay money. I really would. I'd follow you around and video you if you were in a kayak doing well, that. So. You know, I find it interesting that you make that offer because, you know, I'm thinking about my calendar in June and I realize you've already got me booked for at least three of those weekends. So you're probably sitting over thinking there's no way I could do it anyway. Yeah. So I'll just go yeah. ahead and make the offer. I can't do it. It's either. not going to happen. Yeah, I can't do it either. So I didn't realize that to you. So I can't do it either, but it's okay. You know, but you can do day two. You couldn't so, do day one. So you can do maybe day one day. You'll actually make an offer like that where I can take you up on. Here we go. <laughs> I've made you a couple offers lately and you haven't, you've not taken them. And it's been, I, I, I might could actually find a Hobie kayak. Matter of fact. Yeah, you probably could. So take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll do some news and notes, do some you pick ems and uh, you guys back along with you today, right here on the English Channel Insider Podcast. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue and a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't 
care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Time for some Sportsman's Warehouse Bass Wrap-Up and fully loaded You Pick em conversations. Yes, sir, Mr. Grover. Speaking of Sportsman's Warehouse. Yes. I'm really excited for next week for me. Because you're going to be right there at it, ain't you? Look, I've always told you we need a Sportsman's in North Alabama. We don't have yeah. one yet. But I'm going to Chickamauga, which is right outside of Ch Chattanooga. And we're actually putting in at Chester Frost. So I'm oh, staying, wow. I'm staying like in Harrison Bay area. So right. I'm not far at all from where the sportsman's is. So I'll be there a couple of times next week. Good. I might have to come visit you up there. Check you out a little bit. So, but uh, yeah. And, and they've got a store in Cincinnati, Ohio coming in September, a store in Seminole, Florida coming in September and Jacksonville, Florida where our own Vance McCullough lives, we'll be getting a store in December. A bunch of new store opens coming out this year. So uh, excited for that. So, uh, David, let's jump into some you pick because um, let's just say the leaderboard is moving, right? We talk about point shakeups all the time. The leaderboard is moving. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not moving in my direction, but it is moving. So um, let's um, let's see what we got here. Go ahead. All right. So first up was the MLF Pro Circuit event. On you know, let's save that one for last because I'm okay. still pissed off with that one. I, I uh, am. Oh, I, I forget about that stupid thing. And so then when I pull the final standings up, I'm like, what? No. Yeah, I'm still pissed. Let's let, let's save that one for last. Okay. I, I got notes on, on this thing. So let's move on. <laughs> So I guess the first one up is the color-coded notes at that. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. So we're going to. I don't recognize you anymore. Huh? I don't recognize you anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So the NPFL was on Hartwell, and that event was won by Drew Six. He caught a total of fifty-one pounds and five ounces to beat uh, the short, short guy. Patrick Walters, who finished short, the short, short guy, Patrick Walters. Uh, that was the Patrick Walters that we talked about. I, I sent y'all a test going, when did, is he? Yeah, he is. He just didn't finish the first two or the first one, I guess. This was number two. I've lost track. So we probably should have skipped this one as well because uh, with 48-11, our own David Jong grabs the points in that oh. one, all three points of that. So congratulations on that. Wow. You grabbed all the points. So. Nice job. So, well, I said, when I said it was going away from me, well, yeah, it's going away from me. So, congratulations there. But that's the only point you win this week, but it's still uh -oh. going away from me. So, congratulations on that. All right. How about the BFL on High Rock? Well, High Rock was kicking out some high weights because Brian Morgan, he caught 23 pounds and nine ounces to take the win there. 2309 for him. Paul Guyette at 2205 for the fully loaded uh, win. And then Brandon Black, recognize that name? Ooh. He uh, finished second in that one for a point. And then I grabbed the you pick them point, the AC points for that one. So with 1910. So 
Thank you very much. All right. All right. Next one up was the Arkansas River event for the Oki Division, but that event was canceled due to weather. So we move on to the Bass Champs event yeah. that was the <laughs> uh, first day on Amistad, which was won by Stevie Ray Rodriguez with 25 and a half pounds. Stevie Ray Rodriguez. I like it. By himself? I'm sorry. Stevie Ray and then Stevie Ray and Ray Rodriguez. Yep. Stevie Ray and wow, that's Stevie Ray and Ray Rodriguez. I like it. So Stevie Ray and Rodriguez. I, I got you. So I, I thought it was Ray Rodriguez, but it's Stevie Ray and Ray Rodriguez. Yeah, sorry. Gosh, too many. It's kind of like the guy that weighed in that was about 222 that weighed in like 220 or something the other day. There's a bunch of twos going in there. All right. Uh Richard Kima, 25. 50 for the win in the fully loaded points. Yep. Nailed it. Three points for him. Billy Lawson came in second with 25 and I'll grab another AC point at 2450. All right. On to the ABT where there was a good looking MC this week for that event. KG's like rocking his, uh, do you use the same cowboy hat or is this a different hat? I mean, I don't know if you, for for a few years. Okay. Just if you had, you know, like you you did like a wardrobe change and you have like one for every like 10 different anglers or something like that. So I'm not I my dude. I just I, no, it's just the same hat. I had I did to borrow a shirt from Jason. I won't say what was on it, but I had to borrow a shirt from Jason. Um, because anyway, but I can hold another story. But uh all right, so ABT on that one. All right, with 1996, Mitch Mitchell and Candler McCollum one on Weiss. 1996 for them. John Cunningham, 1985. That was a good year as well. Wins the uh, fully loaded points. Dana Watkins and Bobby Sharber both tied for second at 1977. And um, uh, Michelle had a 1910 for the AC points. So point for her on that one. All right. How about the big bass tour on Smith Lake? All right. So it was one. It was on yes, Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was one. Oh, well, the winner weighed in during the Sunday 11 to 12 p.m. slot there, but Isaac Jones won with a 783. 783, and Matt Shepard nailed it with a 783 himself. Three points for him. Brian Pritchett grabbed the um, the other point, the second place point at 777. And uh, Michelle grabs another point at 610 for hers. So that was that. So if you're scoring from home, Scott Bazette still leads with seven points. He, he's uh, going into the final week. David Jong, our own David Jong, and Mike Cross with, is that right? Let me make sure I got the right list. I believe that's right. Yeah, it should be right. So I, I, did, uh, I, I did update. The leaderboard today, and I thought I printed it out. So yeah, that's right, that's right. Our own because you got two points for that, not the three. Yep. So David Zhong, Mike Cross, second place at six points apiece, and then you've got Al Perry, Bob Matthews, Paul Guyat, Brandon Black, and Matthew Shepard sitting in third with five points apiece. Ted Floyd, James Rice, Kenneth Grover in fourth with three with uh, four points apiece. And then myself, along with seven others in fifth, then there's 15 with three points. There's 15 folks in sixth with two points. And then 
13 points and seventh with one point apiece. So it's really anybody's ball game still. And David, you, well, hang on. We still got one more to go over, don't we? We still have one more to go over. I forgot about that one because I asked you to, I asked you to move to put that one to the end. So, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know where you're going to go with this. And I think we talked about this a few times right throughout this year because we forget about it. It's something that uh, it's, I guess, it's something Stupid. you do over the pro circuit. But Stupid. Uh, day four, that event on the pro circuit event <laughs> was won by John Canada with a total weight or a total weight for the final day of 20 pounds. Stupid. Final weight for the final day of 20 pounds. So I went back and did the math, right? <clears throat> and no matter how you look at it, even if they add it all together, Canada's still going to win. I, I know that for sure, right? 70 pounds, four ounces, your final weight. What are you shaking your head no about? Uh, that means I'm, I'm pretty sure I uh, was expecting a bigger weight, so I probably overguessed on that one. I don't, remember, total weight. I don't remember. Uh, Matthew Shepard won that one at 69.15. Bob Matthews, 66.07. And then Michelle grabbed the point there as well with 47.10. So we were all over except for her. Yep. So we grabbed that one. But um, yeah, so... I'm looking at this and I'm like, going into day three, Loberg was leading, then Ron Nelson, Canada was third, then Stokes, Cox, Crane, Hatfield, Hunter, Nick LeBrun, Justin Lucas was 10. Okay. Had they, had they not zeroed the weights, Canada would have still won because he had 20 pounds. Maybe not. No, he would have. I, no, I, but but because you zero on the last day, the strategy of some of the guys may have been holding off their fish the day before. It may have. You're right. It may have. But assuming they didn't and they they caught what they were going to catch, Canada would have still have won with 704. Lucas jumped from 10th to second. Actually, he would have been third at 65.15. I'm sorry, I took it back. Yeah, it would have been third at 65.15. Ron Nelson would have finished second at 66.08, right? He won 20 grand for fourth place. He could have won 30. It's a $10,000 difference. All right. Mitch Crane, who finished third, would have been fourth at 65.10. Fifth place. Would have been Andrew Loberg at 62.13. He finished eighth, which was 16,000. Fifth played 19. So it's a $3,000 difference for him. Nick Hatfield would have been sixth. John Hunter, seven. John Cox, eighth. Nick LeBrun, ninth. And Troy Stokes, tenth. So not a lot changed for LeBrun and Stokes. Everybody else would have fallen a spot, but Nelson and Loberg are the only two that would have gain a little money and a little points had they stuck with it on a four-day deal. So I'm not going to say anything else. I don't like it. It's fine, the BPT. It's fine and wherever else I want to use it. But I don't like it in a pro circuit. I just don't. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is the, the stepping stone to the Bass Pro Tour, and they're getting them ready to go into that format and to – catch all the two pounders they want to catch 
I just don't like, but you know what? It's okay. Because I haven't paid an entry fee to fish it. It doesn't affect me, Chris Brown, anyway. I'm not making any freaking money off this deal. I'm just trying to play a game and report it and showcase it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you do it. But the guys that all pay an entry fee and all the guys that fish it, obviously, they're cool with it because they continue to do it. Probably not. Huh? (laughs) Probably not cool with it. I, I don't. It's like we're in your damn life. I don't. I just don't care anymore. KG, oh, just don't get don't. me started on that. <laughs> you should have seen me on Sunday. Goodness gracious. Well, so there you go. So with all that said, Scott Bazette, you got seven points. David John, Mike Cross, six. Al Perry, Bob Matthews, Paul Guy, Brandon Black, Matthew Shepard at five. It's still anybody's ball game going into the last week. I will say this again as I rip the FLW or the Pro Circuit. It's Pro Circuit. It's not the FLW. They wouldn't have done that shit. It's Pro Circuit standings up and move along. Uh, FLW did do that back in the day, and people complained, and they realized it was stupid, and they changed it back. Just saying. (laughs) Remember that whole grumpy thing we talked about last week? Yeah, that was it. There you go. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. So there you go. Um, this week's tournaments, BFL, who's rough river. That's a one day event. BFL shoot you on gunners full. That's a one day event. BFL great lakes on lacrosse. It's a one day Georgia bass trail on Hartwell. Coosa river team trail on Logan Martin bass champs on Ray Roberts. And I throw a little curveball in, in there. The Delaware bass nation. On the Nanticoke River, y'all get ready for that one. KG, done your research on that? You got to play to win, KG, just FYI. You got to play to win. You know what? More pro circuit shit I'm going to toss throw away. So I think I'm winning the, I think I'm winning the grumpiest podcaster award right now. I really do. So, and that's great. I, I'm, you know, I, 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 that's, that's awesome for me. More shit to throw away. So anyway, moving on. So make sure you play. You got to play to win. And David called me out because somebody, me, got a little busy this weekend and forgot to put the the email out. So I put it out. It's out. It's out now. You have until noon on Friday, noon on Friday the 29th, because all these are one-day deals this weekend, noon on Friday the 29th. I'm okay, baby. It's, it's all right. See, she's worried about me. Nola Jane. She's like, daddy, what are you doing? I don't like this. Plus she's hungry because it's time to eat dinner. But um, yeah, so noon on Friday. So you've got time, KG. Get your picks in. That may help me because I usually remember about Thursday morning and then I then I remember right after that that, hey, I'm too late. You know, I'll give, I'll give you until, you know, 10 on Thursday mornings if you need it, right? I know, can I know, you, I know what kind can of Can you life. give me till midnight on Saturday? No, that's a negative there, Ghost Rider. That's a negative there. So, but I'll I'll give it to you a little bit. David. Yes, sir. Our friends from PETA. Uh-oh. You see this in the news? Our friends from PETA mm-hmm. super glued their hands. Oh, yeah. You see that? Super glued their hands to the Starbucks counter at headquarters in Seattle. Why, KG, did you ask if these Crazy folks super glued their hands because they were afraid to ask. They wanted Starbucks to stop upcharging for vegan milk. 
What in the hell is vegan milk, David? Do you drink vegan? What is vegan milk? Is this where you milk a plant? Like to me, I mean, there's two kinds of milk, right? There's white milk and there's chocolate milk. That's it. That's all there is, right? You either buying white milk or you buying chocolate milk. There's I don't what is what is vegan milk? So they're wearing shirts that say dairy is cruel and abusive. And once we're in a shirt says, not your mom, not your milk in vegan upcharge. Really? Give me a super glued your hand to the counter. I mean, what would you super glue your hand for to a counter for for KG? What would you protest enough that you would super glue your hand to a store counter? You know, Chris, I, I don't see where super gluing your hand to anything is a great way to protest anything. So I, I would say nothing in this world would make me do that. Nothing in this world. Okay. I'm just, David, how about you? Anything you would super glue your hand to? Um, Probably like, I don't know if I'm like super gluing a piece of plastic to like a jig or something. I don't know. I, I, that's the like a, I figured it'd be a super <laughs> or a, some kind of car that you would, you know, they're going to stop making and you're going to super glue your hand to the <laughs> no. last ones. They don't, you know, whatever. So no. Okay. What? I just, I found it interesting. And I, again, you know, when I was in like, I don't know, third grade, we took a field trip to a dairy farm. And learn how they milked the cows and how milk was made, how how we got the milk to the store. I've never thought about dairy being cruel. I mean, what or vegan milk? Come on, really? What vegan. does vegan milk taste like? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. My wife thought it was. I don't know. I mean, KG watched me drink a half gallon of milk Saturday morning in the trailer before, just during takeoff. So, I mean, a bag of M and M's, peanut butter M and M's, and a half gallon of milk. I was good. What about KG? It, yeah, it was cold too. It was really yeah. good milk. So yeah. that really, Dometic uh, cooler you pulled out of worked really well. Oh, I tell you what, my Dometic, my Dometic CFX ninety five is the shit. I'm just gonna be really honest with you. And you know that it's got cold water. And listen, that trailer was burning up hot, so that cooler definitely works. Yeah, um, and you know, yeah, it was. It, yeah, she's a hot box in the summertime. I'm I'm working on an air conditioning solution right now, so if I can find a way to afford it. But uh, she was a hot box. But my Dometic Go um, CFX395 powered cooler did the trick, kept all our water cold, kept our, you know, um, some other drinks in there that were cold, not not adult drinks. It's just all kid-friendly. David, I, I started the day I had six monsters in there, not big ones, but just regular, like, like, the, like the skinny can monsters. Okay. Had six of them in there. I drank two that day. Two, we got ready to leave that day because I had the MC. So I went in the trailer during wait during live weigh in. Get ready to leave that day, and I said, "Oh, I hook up. Let me get let me get me a drink for the ride home." Them little shits don't drink them all. All the kids drank all my monsters. They were gone and ate all my M and M's. Hey, I mean the bag was empty. It was a big bag. I, I didn't know the M and M's were there, and all I all I took was one water. No, waters are cool. But I have plenty of if, water. If I knew the M&M's bag was there, I would have taken some of the M&M's. And that's fine. You could have done that. You more, you're more than welcome to, but I, you know, I don't want to know how many hands have been in the M&M bag because there had been a lot apparently. So 
there have been a lot. But uh, speaking of Dometic, our friends from Dometic um, have released the Dometic Go. I'm trying to find the email there. I just had it. Where did it go? Right here. Come on. Where you but at? I'm really too busy working to dig through that thing too much. You to see are. What else you are. There. You are a busy man. You are a busy man during the Alabama Bass Trail. So the, the Dometic Go at Dometic.com have got a lot of some really cool looking stuff. And I, I've got them. I'm going to have to get my hands on some of this stuff here. We've got some, you know, camp tables, uh, camp blankets, some chairs, right? Um, but also, too, I really kind of dig in this deal. They have got a, what is it, a hydration jug. Kind of reminds me of one of my other bigger jugs, but it's a, um, it's an 11-liter hydration water jug. And it's priced right. I mean, it's like 70 bucks. It's got some handles to it. Cool-looking colors. Got some really cool stuff. But KG, I know you've got one of the patrol coolers. I've got a, a bigger patrol cooler. And I, I did last Monday, I put ice in that sucker with some waters and some monsters and a couple other drinks. Put put ice in that sucker and I'm going to leave it in the truck to, you know, to see how it does and to use it. And dude, it holds ice for several days, at least for me, it did. So have you used yours at all? Uh I have not tested it to that extreme. Okay. All right. But I, but I will next week for sure. Will next week. So a lot of cool stuff. Check them out. Dometic.com. They are also the makers of the power coolers, which when I built, they've got some, some really cool storage boxes now too. Some really cool stuff that I know you, you posted the link on, on our social channels and things, but really neat stuff. And I'm excited about some hard storage cases, some soft storage cases. Uh, they've got an insulated insert for some stuff. So, some I think really I've seen things. where they have a powered cooler that fits in a, like the center console of a yes. Ford. Right. I need to see if they've got a GMC version of that. I, I, well, I can do some digging for you. We're, we're working with them to maybe put a powered cooler in a boat, right? To see what we can do on, on a boat type of thing. How cool would that be? Um, but if you're a camper, um, they even got, check this out. They even got, you've seen those faucets, right? Like in your kitchen where you can bump it with your elbow or your, you know, your wrist and you can turn it on. They've got one of those for camping, right? It mounts on the table. The, the hose goes into that, uh, it on that hydration jug deal. You push the butt, there it is in your hand. It's just like, you know, you're just washing your hands right there. I could have used that over the weekend, but, um, especially when you, you know, when you cut your hand, but, um, really cool stuff. Dometic.com. Check out the Dometic go stuff. Uh, everything for a day outdoors made to fit in the back of your car. So check that out. I'm in love with my power cooler for the simple reason being like right now it's down the trailer and it's, it's on. And I've got a rely on lithium battery in there that I have the cigarette lighter hooked up to. And then it's also plugged in, got two plugs. It's also plugged into my 110 on the wall, which is plugged into the house. So when I'm home, it's plugged in. It's keeping all my stuff cold in there. When I'm on the road and I'm traveling to or from an event, it's running off 12 volt. And they tell me, my buddy Blake there tells me it runs better off 12 volt than anything. I've got an app on my phone. I can Bluetooth to it. I can see because it's two-sided. I can see which side's colder or I can make them colder. I can turn one side into the freezer if I wanted to. So if you're a hunter and you're on the road or you go somewhere traveling, you hunt, turn one side down to be a freezer, pack your, 
you know, you, you, you're killing there, whatever you, you clean. And uh, just a really cool, really cool deal. David, so I, I had the back of the truck, the back seat of the truck when I went to the classic. Probably a little much for that. I need one of the smaller ones for the truck. But I got my patrol, put the ice in there. It's like a, it's a standard cooler and it does a great job. So really happy with my Dometic stuff. Check them out, Dometic.com. Also check out our friends at ViciousFishing.com. I know you, you've got some line coming your way. You've had some good experience with the line. Have you, KG? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, it came in today. But um, <clears throat> how about that? That's that's service there. Yes, just in time. So, okay. Yeah, you you know, a lot of guys probably listen to probably use Vicious over the years. Uh, they've got a couple of different versions. Uh, the newest one is the Torah. Uh, and I think David and I have already talked, you know, quite a bit about that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit smaller diameter uh, on average than some of the other, their other offerings. Um, but uh, it's, it's, if you're looking for something maybe you hadn't tried before, I suggest getting you some spools of the Torah and give it a shot. It's pretty impressive. I've got one rod that's had it on for several months now, and line memory is almost non-existent. I mean, it's it's impressive. It's impressive right. line. Good. I have not had a chance to use it yet, but I will. I, I'm going to be all about it. I've used Vicious for years. Not had the chance to use the Torah yet, but I'm fixing to. I, I really am. So excited to get my hands on that some. I've got it. Um, matter of fact, I found it today moving. I found some more of it. So it's uh, time to put that to good use. Don't laugh at me, David. Do not. You do oh, not. Zaz, so. Zaz, there's no, no knife in that box that you found that line in. It's all. Oh, here we go. Let someone else <laughs> open that box for you. Here we go. The box is open. Thank you very much. That's very funny. Y'all are freaking comments. That's for we sure. Just, we just care. I know you do. I know you do. You cared a lot watching me cut them stitches out to you tonight and watch me do it in the trailer. So anyway, so speaking of that, I had a great weekend doing a lot. David, did you watch any of our live broadcast on Saturday? I watched a bit. I watched a bit of your way in for a while. I forgot what I was doing on Saturday. Yeah, but I did watch a little bit of it uh, whenever I could. So uh, what was what did I see on Sunday? I know I, I the part on Sunday in the morning, I was KG was on. T- uh, well, he was talking, but it wasn't much talking though. But you guys were on a boat. I remember that. But it was yeah. he'll chime in here and there. Yep. But. KG will. Uh, KG got to got to witness a sight fishing clinic going on on uh, Saturday morning. Could have used a few more fish catches, but uh, went back and watched some of it. Um, and uh, it was uh, it was good stuff. I had a great life on um, on on Saturday morning and all day Saturday really for our ABT stuff. But what was funny was is I, I sent y'all a text on Friday. I got there on site. Send a text and I asked KG, I said, but you have a, um, any long ethernet cable, right? It's like, well, how long do you need? And I'm like, eh, about this, about that. He's like, I could do that. Dude shows up with a spool, David, like a, a, a spool, like could have sat on it as a bucket type of spool. And next thing I know is I've got this beautiful green ethernet cable as long as the world, right? to uh to utilize so kg i appreciate that very much well i mean there, there are limitations i didn't exceed the limitations but you're you're set up pretty good now what is the limitation i'm just curious uh 295 295 okay well we're at 268 so we're in uh, <laughs> we're in pretty good shape so pretty good shape and it and it did barely fit on a on a cord reel so it's um but it, it's yeah it, it's good stuff so i appreciate that and uh, KG taking one for the team there, taking care of him. But the best part about this deal was we had a, we had a very successful live on Saturday morning. 
And we needed that win pretty good, David. I mean, you know that. We needed that win. We've been battling some technical issues, and we finally got that squared away, we think. And uh, KG comes off the water, and I'm, I walk over to give him a high five because he did a phenomenal job. The man bear hugs me, David. Bear hugs me in the middle of the parking lot with witnesses. I have witnesses to this. With witnesses, Bear hugs me in the parking lot. And it was a beautiful moment. It really was. It was a, it was a very beautiful moment. So, KG, I love you, buddy. I really appreciate that. It made my day. So, It's just something about Fox Lake, Chris. I don't know. It is. It is. We, we stayed in the bass cabin there together one time. I had three beds in my room, dude. I mean, y'all should have come over. We could have all roomed together. So it was, uh, it was good time. So no, no, but no, ser- but seriously, you, you, you have done a lot of work on this, on this deal. You've, um, you've made a lot of changes to what had been done previously. You've worked real hard. You do it every week. You prepared. There are some things that you had not been told previously about <laughs> some of the equipment that we use that you finally had an opportunity last week to spend after spending hours on the phone. Hours. Yeah. You finally learned that from the people that make the equipment. And once you were able to get that in place, um, then it kind of showcased all the other work that you had done oh, yeah. before then. Yeah. And, and I mean, it it worked out really well. So I, I you, you deserved it. We had a good day. We had a real good day. And then lunch happened and it kind of all went downhill from there, but it was a good, it was a good day. So it was a really good day. Uh, David, what's some uh, AC insider stuff that we've missed? I know there was some Jesse Tucarante news today and a few other things. Um, Other than that, I, I didn't see much besides, uh, I guess you could win a, what was it? A customized new Tundra from Bass. Oh, okay. The, yeah. the decked deal. I saw that. Yeah. So, I think other than that, that, that's been kind of, at least from the little things I was able to find. But yeah, so maybe I missed up and it was just in one, or I guess not one ear in this case looking at it, but yeah, you know, in one way and out the other, maybe. There you go. No. Well, we know Jesse Tecarante is, um, is, he withdrew from the Elite Series uh, this week um, to take care of family and to do, uh, do some things there. So, um, understand that for sure. So, uh, much luck to him. Um, uh, we'll see how that goes. And so that's going to change up. I wonder if that's, that's probably going to change who the number that makes the cut on the third day, but, um, hopefully it won't be, uh, won't be too bad. So, but a few things like that, that are going on. I did get a few comments on the grumpy anglers from last week's podcast. Um, let me find some of the, uh, some of the, the comments there. I did get, um, top three grumpiest, according to one, um, boy, Duckett, Chris Lane, Ish Monroe and, or Jason Lambert. So, okay. I mean, they're, they're on my list in, in some form or fashion or another, um, I'm trying to see who else, uh, I know I've got a couple other ones in here as well. So we're still working on that grumpy list is what we're doing. So, but now I've got some people that want me to do, I want me to expand it to like Grinch of the day, you know, day one, who is, who's the grumpiest on day one, day two, day three, day four. I don't have the patience to do a 42 day BPT event, but um, you know, they say, you know, if you can do that and then even pull clips from, from live to put on the air, that would be even better. So 
I, these folks apparently feel like I have a lot more time on my hands than what I actually do. So. I think there are other duties that you have that actually pay bills. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Sure. That is, and that is not one of them, but we did get some, um, we did get some grumpy anglers list there. We're still taking those in. So 901-493-0437. That's the podcast hotline brought to you by our friends from X-Zone and Trickstep. Yes, sir. But what would be better than us coming up with that list is hearing from our listeners of who they think should be on that list. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. I want to know. Yes. Inquiring minds want to know who you feel are the grumpiest anglers on tour. I don't care what tour they fish. The grumpiest anglers on tour. I'd love to know. So 901-493-0437. That's the X Zone hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Um so so the next the next day of live, whatever the next tournament is, and you're watching and you see something that you think, hey, that guy's just Mr. Grumpy today. Chime, chime in, in, let us know. Chime in. Uh, Clue I, us I, into I, it. Exactly. I gotta know. I just, I got to know. So please let us know what you think there. <clears throat> we would love to know. So David, did you learn anything new this week, this past week? Um, I guess the thing, I, I don't know if I really learned it, but just don't piss off Mike Tyson so he can punch the crap out of you on a, on a flight. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. That was an interesting story there. Apparently that guy just kept bugging it. He got his selfie, got his autograph, but just kept bugging it. So I, that's not a person I want to bug at all. <laughs> not a person I want to, I want to, I want to mess with, period. I mean, I, you know, I'm not even sure I'd ask for his autograph or his picture, you know, I just, hey, how are you? And just give him the nod and keep on going. Like keep my head down. I'm not going to look him in the eye. So at all. KG, how about you? What'd you learn this week? Okay. I, I learned that if you're staying at a hotel for two nights, and you decide to leave your shampoo bottle in the in the shower because hey, you're going to need it when you get back that afternoon. Yeah, I, I've learned that maybe that's not the best thing to do because whoever cleans the room will clean that out for you as well. Took it with them, did they? Yes. Oh, I hate that. Was that a- was just a little travel one, and it barely had it in anyway. But luckily, I had a backup. I could have been without shampoo. That'd been bad. For them to come on. And it wasn't one of those places that you could just, you know, walk to the front counter and say, Hey, I, I need some shampoo, and they'd gladly hand you some more. No, but you could get a honey bun and a yes, mountain dew there. For sure. You for sure. Get a honey bun and mountain dew there. And be a little rough a on the hair. You need a crop of jig, you can get that too. What yeah. killed me was a number of signs that told me not to bring fish in my room and not to use the towels to wipe down my boat. That was a big one, right? And no no cooking inside the room. And no well. cooking inside the room. That's right. So, you know, you're in a good place, though, when you have to walk down the hallway, take a right. You're looking at somebody's backyard. The room is right, you know, room, room is to the outside. And every air conditioner has an ashtray on it, a chair and an ashtray next to every air conditioner it, at least the ashtrays outside the room and not inside the room exactly because i've been them where they're inside and there's a pack of matches with them and i'll tell you that one other good thing about that place i didn't do it i should have but they had the square ice buckets you know what you oh. do with the square ice bucket don't you the comforted ones mm-hmm. that's a coated thing right there i almost have to five on the an, table an ice bucket challenge no, dummy, that's for your line. That's how you spool your line with that square ice bucket. I mean, that's a great deal. So, all right. What, what I learned this week, David, is that what you asked? 
Because you yes, didn't, I did. I'm, I'm going to tell you. So what I learned this week is if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. That's exactly that. That's, that's what I'm, that's my new, my new motto. If you're going to be dumb, you better be tough because by God, I am. So there you and, go. and your reminder lasts with you for several days. Do what now? Your reminder will last for several days. Oh yeah. Several days, several days. And um, yeah. And if you have an ex-wife, you will be reminded a lot more often than that. So but if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. That's all I got to say about it. So, but um, go ahead, Dave. I guess another thing I learned, I guess, earlier was what, if you have a secret code word, make sure it doesn't get confused. What's your code word? No, I'm talking about you. What, 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 what did I say? Oh, you, on, said, on, on stage, you saw that part of it on stage, right? Mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah, had a lot. Of, Jason, Jason was real quick out of the left to jump up. What do you need? What do you need? What's going on? What do you need? <laughs> Nothing. It's just it's kind of funny. So, just kind. Of, I was just trying to get. The, I was just trying to get a rise out of KG out there in in, in the crowd watching me. So, watch me. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. So, but yeah, good times. If you've missed the Alan Bastrell podcast, check that out. I flew solo on that last night. That's out today. Um, over at alabastrail.org. Talked with Mitch Mitchell, Candler McCullum on their win. Fourth, four-time winners and uh, won the 100th Alabama Bass Trail events uh, ever had. So that was a pretty cool deal. Uh, Boss Man's out in Las Vegas at the NAB convention. So I'm not I'm not his biggest fan right now, but he did send me a picture today, KG, of um, the – let's find it. Hang on real quick. He, took, he sent me a picture. He said, I found the new – Angler's Channel Satellite Bus. I'm just trying to get over the fact that you're not the favorite. I, I can't believe you wouldn't be the favorite. What do you mean? Hey, that would be pretty cool. Wouldn't it be, though? That's what I told him. I, and then I told him, I said, you buy it, I'll drive it. I'll use it. So um, There may be some places you have a hard time finding a bargain spot, though. I'll find a bargain spot. Or we'll bargain somewhere. But, uh, yeah, you're right. But, uh, but yeah, so he's out, out in Vegas at NAB, and I'm a little mad because I'd love to have been there for that. Um, especially with all the text I'm getting into right now. So it could be uh, a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, so that's it for this show. Guys, have a great week and weekend. Thanks for tuning in. I'd love to know your opinions. 901-493-0437. That's the podcast hotline brought to you by Exxon and Trickstep. So please uh, feel free to chime in. Let us know your thoughts on anything going on in, well, in anything, really. Bass fishing, ex-wives, um, news, you whatever you want to talk about, you name it. Uh, Burl, I hadn't heard from you in a while, Burl. If you're still listening, Burl, chime in. Let's, let, let's hear what's going on with you. Uh, I see you over there posting on the, uh, on the AVT stuff, but you, you've, uh, we, we must not be number one in your heart anymore. Or number three, whatever you were next to Bass Talk Live. But anyway, so guys have a great week and weekend for our guest tonight, Mr. Jason Christie for Bailey Agbright. I'm Chris Brown for the English Channel Circus. Guys have a great week and weekend. I'm not even worried about the PFDs anymore. I don't care. I'm even worried about the, you know, zero into weights last day. I, you well, know. I can tell you for sure. There's folks on Chickamauga that don't wear them. Oh, don't I and know it's it? Probably the guys practicing for USA Bass and Championship. Oh, just yeah. saying. Yeah, there you go. There you go. If you're gonna, like I said earlier, if you're gonna be dumb, you better be tough. You guys, have a great week and weekend. We'll see you next week. Don't take it personal.
Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.